Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about the assassination of Martin Luther King and his dream, deeply rooted in the American dream, that someday all people, including the brave people of Ukraine and the oppressed people of Russia, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. And now, as I talk about the assassination of Martin Luther King and his dream, deeply rooted in the American dream, that someday all people will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Many reasons are given for the success of the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s. Certainly, television was important. For the first time, all Americans could see firsthand the ugly face of segregation in the South. World War II and the Holocaust were also essential ingredients in changing people's attitudes towards racism and prejudice. Hitler launched World War II in the belief that he led the master race and declared that the world would be a better place if inferior peoples, such as the Jews, were exterminated and if flawed peoples, such as the mentally infirm and homosexual, were exterminated too. The resulting horror of the Holocaust enabled everyone to see, hear, and understand that such hatred is evil. Fortunately, nothing keeps the torch of liberty shining more brightly than the courage and vision of people who know that we can overcome hatred, injustice, and prejudice. Hence, just as George Washington's vision of America was indispensable to victory in the war for independence, and Abraham Lincoln's vision of America was indispensable to victory in the Civil War, Martin Luther King's vision of America was indispensable to victory in the Civil Rights Movement. Indeed, Martin Luther King's vision of America became indispensable to victory in the Cold War. His vision allowed us to hope that people could overcome tyranny through nonviolent but direct action without annihilating all humanity in a Third World War. The threat of universal extinction from nuclear weapons gave rise to a moral imperative toward nonviolence that had, apart from Mahatma Gandhi's valiant struggle for independence in colonial India, not heretofore been present in human history. And so, instead of telling blacks to kill whites in revenge for centuries of enslavement and exploitation, Martin Luther King found the faith to hope that whites could change, 
He wanted to convert whites to his vision of America, not destroy them. This vision of an America glowing in the light of the torch of liberty is enshrined in the speech that Martin Luther King delivered from the top of the steps of the Lincoln Memorial during the historic March on Washington in April 1963. Although no one knew or could have imagined it on this day, President Kennedy would be slain in only a few months. We've all seen videos of the inspiring moment. As Martin Luther King stands at the microphone, he sees a sea of white and black faces stretching across the mall with its reflecting pool, the spire of Washington's monument, and the distant dome of the Capitol. A few months later, Martin Luther King described what happened this way. He started reading from his prepared speech, but then, just all of a sudden, the audience response was wonderful that day, and all of a sudden, this thing came to me that I have used. I'd used it many times before, that thing about I have a dream. And I just felt that I wanted to use it here. I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before the speech. How can we doubt that the Spirit of God inspired Martin Luther King that day? How can we doubt that the Spirit of God gave him the dream that would move America and change all humanity? The Spirit of God enabled him to dream of the America that Abraham saw when he left behind his homeland to seek a land where all people would be blessed. The Spirit of God enabled him to dream of the America that Moses saw when he told Pharaoh to let his people go free. The Spirit of God enabled him to dream of the America that Jesus saw when he taught us to be good Samaritans who will bind the wounds of those in need, even though we have been taught to hate them because of their race, their nation, or their religion. The Spirit of God gave Martin Luther King these words whose fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every village shall be exalted Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. The crowd grew louder and louder, as each person in it dreamed Martin Luther King's dream, as each person saw Martin Luther King's vision of America. In his vision, we let freedom ring from every mountainside in the east, from every mountain peak in the west, and from every valley in the south. Because when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, 
we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. As the years passed, Martin Luther King's dream turned, for the time being, into nightmares. The North supported his challenge to the practice of segregation in the South, where segregation was enforced by law. But Northerners developed a white backlash when he challenged segregation in the North, where segregation was enforced by social pressure. Anger grew against Martin Luther King's dream when he challenged the economic exploitation of both blacks and whites in America. Even more outrage flared when Martin Luther King outspokenly challenged the immorality of the war in Vietnam. Many powerful people, including most notably J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, had long feared that Martin Luther King was being used by the communists to weaken the United States from within. As race riots mounted, and as Martin Luther King expanded his agenda to include economic and foreign policy issues, such paranoid people saw their worst fears being confirmed. Perhaps for these reasons, there has long been suspicion that conspirators who were somehow connected, directly or indirectly, with the federal government played some role in the assassination of Martin Luther King. No proof has been found, but because of the anger and fear that Martin Luther King's dreams caused, suspicion still lingers. Martin Luther King was an inspirational leader, but was not a perfect man, far from it. For example, in order to blackmail King, the FBI tape-recorded his adulterous escapades. The Old Testament hero Samson also fell into immorality. Nevertheless, God used Samson to begin to set his people free from the Philistines. Furthermore, Samson is listed in the Bible amongst the greatest heroes of the faith. And although Samson was weakened and blinded by his sins, God gave Samson one last burst of strength as he died. Indeed, in his dying act, Samson did more to set his people free than he had ever done in his lifetime. In the months before his assassination, Martin Luther King grew discouraged and weary. Like Samson, his discouragement stemmed, in part, from his inability to control his own sexual immorality. But also, like Samson of old, God gave him one last burst of strength to set his people free by overcoming their foes, tyranny, poverty, disease, and war itself. It was the night before his death an exhausted Martin Luther King rested wearily in his hotel room in Memphis. A crowd of 2,000 people was gathering for the rally that night. Discouragement grew when they were told the King himself would not be coming. At the last moment, a phone call was made, urging King to change his mind and come. As always, Martin Luther King answered the call to come and give hope to the people. Rain and wind battered the building. Windows rattled. Because there had been a bomb threat on the plane he'd taken that day, the possibility of dying was on Martin Luther King's mind that stormy night. As before, when he had fallen into morbid moods, 
He thought about Moses, who died before he could enter the promised land, beholding the promised land from a mountaintop just before he died. And so Martin Luther King ended his ministry with these last words that were played over and over again after his death the next day. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I think that in the aftermath of his death the next day, these last words from Martin Luther King touched white America more deeply than any of his previous speeches. Therefore, in his death, Martin Luther King did more to set his people free than he had ever done in his lifetime. By way of personal example, in our white Baptist church, the pastor had never before spoken about the civil rights movement. Yet on that Sunday, after Martin Luther King was martyred because he just wanted to do God's will, our pastor praised Brother Martin a fellow Baptist preacher who was now in heaven, having seen the promised land and having seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. In the long run, Martin Luther King's vision of America prevailed. But in the short run, hatred prevailed. Riots burned American cities. African Americans despaired. White Americans worried, what's gone wrong with America? The Bible warns us that where there is no vision, the people perish. In 1968, an assassin struck down a visionary leader of America, Martin Luther King. And as a result, America almost perished. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter, as well as my website, timharner.com. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.